to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. In this episode, we're going to go into our stock up, stock down. Basically, I'm going to give you some players whose stock I think has gone up and whose stock has gone down based on some of the things that have gone on during our during this offseason uh, with training camp and well, we're not in training camp yet, but between OTAs, mini camp, you know, stuff that's happened after the draft and things like that. So we're going to get into that this episode. But before I jump into the episode, I just wanted to cover some things. We've been gone for a minute and I know um, it's been it's been a little bit, but there's been some stuff going on in the background, uh, you know, just some personal things not nothing crazy but you know the family my boys uh ended school uh my youngest son he's going to uh, kindergarten my oldest son is going to second grade uh it's just been uh, you know a whirlwind i'm going to be out of work for a little bit but that's not nothing crazy that's because i work in a school so you know we get that that good summertime that summer vacation uh going on so I'll be out. But because I'll be out, I have more time to get some episodes done. Um, we've been getting a lot of stuff done on the website, thefantasyfinest.com. Um, got some new writers, got a, a little writing team going on. They've been pumping out excellent, excellent work. Um, it's been well received uh, for the most part. You know, everybody's going to have their different opinions on, you know, whatever you write about. But the overall reception and the, um, the engagement has been great. So um, I have those guys on the uh, Fantasy's Finest Twitter account. Um, I'll bump those tweets and uh, make sure you give those guys a follow. Um, and just, you know, as far as my part, it's just been, you know, I had to throw on the editor cap. So <laughs> so that's a new a new twist. Uh, just trying to add some things to the website to make some more content, uh, to make better content, to be more efficient. And um, it's just been a little busy. You know, and then you got, you know, the guys, Mark and Jalen, they, they've got personal stuff going on in their lives. All good stuff. So they've been busy, you know, the work's getting in the way that everybody's schedule is a little bit different. So we just haven't been able to link up like we normally would. But we're going to get back to dropping some more episodes, um, hopefully get some guests on the line um, in the in the near future. So be on the lookout for that. And we're still trying to figure out this streaming thing. Um uh, shout out to Paul, Paul underscore Ryan. Um, I was actually on his show uh, last night. He just dropped an episode on the across the board fantasy podcast um, on his site. And um, he got me a little comfortable doing a video. Uh, I know he did the uh, episode is uh, audio, but we got to do it over a Zoom call. So it was actually pretty good uh, getting my setup and everything going and um, just seeing how everything works through the zoom and it, it it i've never done like streaming or anything like that before so it's kind of a new area but to be able to kind of get your feet wet um even though the audio even though the episode we did for the across the board fantasy podcast wasn't a video it got me familiar with how the process is done over the zoom so it's just something to think about in the future um other than that man it's been uh pretty busy you know and, and 
we're going to touch on some stuff in our news segment, you know, some headlines that have come out from the NFL as we get closer and closer to training camp and things like that. So we got a ton of news to go over since we haven't been around for a while. So, um, man, I'm getting, I'm just getting excited, getting ready to jump into this. But you know what we got to do before we jump into the main parts of the episode? Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Fantasy's Finest. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, you know, Twitter. All We cover all the social media, so make sure you give us a follow on whatever favorite one you like to use. You can follow me at Hype underscore Finest. Make sure you follow Jalen and Mark at Ace underscore ECA4 and Mark at, at McNucks. M-C-K-N-U-X. Um, give us a follow. Give those guys a follow, too. Um, if you got the chance now with all the other particulars out of the way, you know what time it is. It's news time. News and notes from around the NFL. All right. Now, first up. Javante Williams will be the week one starter in Denver. According to Denver Broncos beat writer Ryan O'Halloran. I know I'm chewing his name up. O'Halloran. When he spoke on the fantasy sports radio uh, show on XM series XM, he stated that he believes that the Broncos wouldn't have traded up to get Javante Williams. If they didn't believe that he could be the guy right out of the gate. Now, um, Williams was selected in the second round of the 2021 NFL draft. It was rumors that Miami was looking at him and willing to take him. If he fell to the Miami dolphins, the Denver Broncos traded up to go get Javante Williams. So there's kind of some, some, what do you want to say? It's kind of some proof to that. You know, if I'm the Denver Broncos, why would I trade up to go get a running back? If I didn't think that he was ready to start, um, as soon as possible. And, you know, Melvin Gordon has been a decent running back um, for a majority of his career, you know, especially since he was with the uh, Chargers for most of his career. But he's been a little bit inconsistent down the road these last few years, these last couple of years. So maybe Javante Williams takes over. I don't know. I, I like the I like the move. I'm always for I always try to curtail myself when the new shiny toy comes in, because like most fantasy managers, when that guy comes in, it, you know, he's going to take over eventually. So it's like, man, I want to see him start right now. But, you know, teams operate different. Like I was like that with Cam Akers last year. I thought he should have started um, from the rip. But, you know, because of COVID, because of the lack of all season, Sean McVay, uh, they made the running back by committee with Malcolm Brown and Darrell Henderson. So, it was like, oh, man, you know, Cam Akers isn't going to start the season. But then he finally gets the role, the lead role, and he dominates. But, you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk in a little bit more about Williams and, uh, you know, a little bit more about that down the road. Next up, this is fun. Ace didn't want to talk about this. But Bears head coach Matt Nagy continues to double down on Andy Dalton being the starter in Chicago. Now, if you're like me, you kind of take this as a grain of salt. We know what Andy Dalton is at this point in his career. He is a legitimate backup. That's about it. You go and get Justin Fields. You want him to start. 
eventually. You don't really have to rush him because you have Andy Dalton, but I'm not buying it. He told Matt Nagy told Chris Collinsworth on his podcast that uh, Andy Dalton was going to be the starter. But Chris Collinsworth asked him, is there any situation where Dalton wouldn't be the starter? Um, Matt Nagy is quoted as saying, no, Andy is our starter. Again, I can't predict anything. You know how it goes. There are so many things that can happen between today and that week one. But Andy is our starter and Justin's our number two. And we're going to stick to that plan. Now, if you guys could see my face right now, it would be that. How can I say this? When you say something awkward or somebody says something stupid around black people and they make that face like what? That's my face right now. When I read Matt Nagy's comments, it's like. Have we not seen what Andy Dalton is at this point? But at the same time, I have to bring that back in because we know, or at least I try to remember that you don't want to rush Justin Fields. Let him get acclimated to the NFL. Let him get through training camp. You know, let him continue to build himself up. And we're going to eventually get Justin Fields on the field. I'm giving him to at least, I'm going to give him to week five. I'm going to give him to week five. The Bears are going to have to make a decision because I don't see Andy Dalton really elevating the Bears to where they need to be after just getting rid of Mitchell Trubisky. Like, that's my, that's my flag. I'm sticking to it. Week five, we're going to see a change to we're going to see a change to um, a change of the guard. Andy Dalton is going to get on a bench. Justin Fields is going to take over. And it's going to be a sight to see. Next up, Joe Burrow is expected to be fully healthy by the time training camp begins. Remember, uh, we did an episode not too long ago. And it was in the beginning of OTAs. And he was saying that he was about 85% uh, back to normal. Uh, Remember that he tore his MCL and his ACL against Washington last season. So he's been working his way back to full strength. He's going to be ready by... Uh, training camp as previously reported and it's good because the Bengals are one of my favorite teams to draft from this year they have a lot of talent um, a lot of wide receivers to pick from Joe Mixon's coming back it's it's one of those teams that's like you know you know the work is here because of how much Joe Burrow had to pass last year because the Bengals defense wasn't good they were trailing in games, and I see that that's going to be – I feel like that's going to be something similar that's going to happen um, this season. Now, staying in Bengals camp, T. Higgins is reportedly looking more explosive during minicamp, says the offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Higgins finished third in receiving yards among the 2020 rookies. Uh, he finished just behind Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb. Many were worried about – well, I'll say – per the scope of the fantasy community that the drafting of Je- uh, Jamar chase had people worried about Higgins. But I, like I said before, there's a lot of volume in that offense. AJ green isn't there anymore. John Ross isn't there anymore. AJ green by himself had over a hundred targets. Those targets got to go somewhere. Jamar chase could fill in that void that AJ green left. And even with Jamar chase, Tyler Boyd and T Higgins you could possibly see another group of wide receivers that crack 300 targets a piece 
I I don't see why people are so worried about it. T. Higgins has the most experience. Well, not the most experience because Tyler Boyd's still there. But he has enough experience to go over to the next year and do some damage. I don't think you should be fading T. Higgins. You should be keeping him, keeping an eye on him and redraft. And you shouldn't be trying to give him up in Dynasty. Let's keep going. Per reports, head coach John Gruden wants second-year wide receiver Henry Ruggs more involved in the offense. Really? Like, come on. This should have been a no-brainer. Ruggs got he got kind of screwed last year because he was they barely used him. He was just nothing but a deep threat or a decoy or you know somebody to take the top off of defenses while they were throwing the ball to Henry. Uh, I want to say Henry, but Hunter Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Like, of course you need to get the wide receiver that you drafted in in the first round of the 2020 draft and get him more involved in the offense. But in order for them to do that, the Raiders are going to have to actually throw to their wide receivers. The Raiders were ranked last in targeting wide receivers, just 237 targets. That's just 45.5%, the lowest in the NFL last season. Derek Carr has to be willing to throw to other wide receivers outside of Hunter Renfro. Um, Nelson Aguilar is gone, so you're definitely going to need a deep threat. I'm also looking at Brian Edwards. Hopefully they do something with him and let him be the number one wide receiver slash possession guy while Henry Ruggs continues to be a deep threat that they actually use in the offense. So we'll see. But this will wrap up the news. Now let's get into stock up or stock down. Stock up, stock down. Now, like I said before, this segment is just going to be highlight a. It's just going to highlight a couple of guys who I've had my eyes on uh, during the off season, watching you know what kind of moves that their team has made, um, whether their stock is going up or going down. Um, and I talked about Chicago earlier with their quarterback situation with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, but despite that, Darnell Mooney is one of my stock up guys. He averaged 10.3 yards per reception last year with Mr. Trubisky. Um, Anthony Miller, had he lost the wide receiver two spot uh, to Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is just a better wide receiver. The problem has always been the quarterback position. But like I said before, if we can get, if Justin Fields can get on the field sooner rather than later and produce, he's going to be, Mooney's going to be one of the guys that you wish you had on your roster Allen Robinson is going to get his that's just that's just par for the course Robinson is a target monster he has been for the last couple of years it doesn't matter who the quarterback is Robinson is going to get his but Darnell Mooney is a guy that you want to have on your team stashed away for when that switch comes with Justin Fields you're going to be pretty happy that you had him my next guy is Jonu Smith the tight end from that uh, was formerly of the Titans, but now he's in New England. I feel like he's a better red zone threat than uh, Hunter Henry. They, uh, the other tight end that was picked up during the free agency period. John Lou Smith is just a bigger body uh, tight end. And I think what they're, what the Patriots are trying to do is try and go back to that two tight end set vibe. That way you can get more out of Cam Newton if he's the starter for the season, or if Mac Jones is somehow able to usurp 
Cam Newton during training camp. But I think this plays well into what Cam Newton used to do in terms of his production and when he was with the Carolina Panthers. Greg Olson was that guy for Cam Newton. Now you give him a similar target in Jonu Smith, who's going, who's going to be a beast in a um, red zone for him, be able to score some touchdowns, give the Patriots a new offensive weapon in that part of the field that they haven't had since Rob Gronkowski left. I think this is a good pickup. His stock is on the up. They do have a lot more targets on – well, they do have a lot more players on the Patriots this time. They have Hunter Henry, as mentioned before. They picked up Nelson Aguilar and um, Kendrick Bourne in free agency. Jacoby Myers is still there. The sneaky guy you might need to watch there. He's been getting a lot of buzz in camp. But John o. Smith is going to be one of the more used pieces to me in that offense. Like I said, him and Cam Newton – that's going to be the combo to have um, or the combo that's going to succeed the most outside of, you know, the running backs, you know, th- that kind of production, the passing out of the backfield and all that stuff. But John New Smith is my guy who I don't think he's going to be impacted by the other pieces around him. He's going to be one of the focal points in the Patriots offense. My next stock up guy, this is probably on the nose, but Matthew Stafford, he's finally out of Detroit. We know what he does offensively in terms of passing. He's just one of those, he's one of those low, not low key, but he's in a much better system under Sean McVay than he was with the Detroit Lions. He's going to a fully loaded team. They have Robert Woods. They have um, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson. Uh, I can't remember the the other wide receiver they picked up. the name escapes me, but they have a lot of weapons over there. Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, um, Tyler Higby still around. Uh, but they have another tight end. Man, I should have wrote his name down. They have another sneaky, I think it's Jacob Harris. He's another guy that you should keep your eye on too. I don't know how he's going to fit in because he's been listed as more of a project guy um, heading into training camp. But he's been making some noise in minicamp and OTAs too. So they have a lot of pieces that Matthew Stafford can use in that offense. Um, he's definitely a, a, a bit better. And I'm being facetious because he's a lot better than Jared Goff. Like there's his hands, hands down better than Jared Goff. So Matthew Stafford going over to the Rams is a much better situation than when he was with Detroit. That's definitely a stock up piece. Um, and he's not he's not real expensive in terms of redraft. Um, ADP, he's probably going later on in a much later on in a draft um, that you should be able to get him. If you decide to wait, he would be one of the guys that I would target later on in a draft. If I was looking for a lower end QB one with major upside, Ah, Stafford it's like Stafford and Carson Wentz. Those are the two quarterbacks that if I decided to wait they would be the uh, quarterbacks that I would target later on in the draft. Like uh, Tony Romo used to before he blew up in uh, 2014. Like that that's the kind of – like Philip Rivers was kind of that guy for me too after Tony Romo uh, retired. And then like he kind of fell off the fell off the wagon. All them interceptions was like, nah, I don't want him no more. <laughs> my next guy in my stock up is A.J. Brown. Now – A lot of people feel like A.J. Brown is going to take a hit because of the Julio Jones trade. And I don't think that that's accurate because 
yes, the Titans are not a pass-heavy team, but they have a lot of targets just lying around after Corey Davis and Jonu Smith left in free agency and Adam Humphreys. Like, to just, everybody was hype about him coming into the season as the wide receiver one in a dynasty I saw on social media. But I don't think that that goes anywhere just because Julio Jones is there. They have enough targets that they could split them and still have plenty left over for other guys like, you know, the the deep sleeper at tight end, Anthony uh, Ferkser, Josh Reynolds, maybe. The real guy that I feel like gets impacted by the Julio Jones trade is Des Fitzpatrick, the uh, rookie wide receiver that came out of the 2021 uh, NFL draft. I had him as a nice sleeper if they hadn't picked up anybody else during free agency or had made a trade before training camp. But A.J. Brown is still going to be one of those legit options. I think people are freaking out because Julio Jones is there and he does command a large target share. Uh, He averaged 132 targets a year, a season on his career. But A.J. Brown is still going to get a ton of work. John O. Smith and Corey Davis leaving left over 157 targets. And that's not even counting what uh, Adam Humphreys left because he's no longer there. He's in Washington now. So there's a target pool there with more than enough to give to Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. If anybody's going to take a hit, it's probably the guys lower on a totem pole like Josh Reynolds, um, maybe Anthony Ferkser and Des Fitzpatrick. But don't panic with A.J. Brown. He's a, he's definitely going to have a he's definitely going to have a solidified role. Plus, they're moving him around in the offense um, per reports coming out of Titans training uh, OTAs and minicamp. So don't panic. Take a deep breath. A.J. Brown is going to be fine. Relax. Not the Aaron Rodgers, relax, but, you know, calm down. Everybody's hitting the panic button. Now, my last stock up is the Falcons wide receivers or the pass catching unit. However you want to slice it, all of them. Um, And I'm talking about Calvin Ridley. He's going to be the obvious one. Um, Russell Gage has been an intriguing name. He's going to get into that wide receiver two role. He did pretty good last season. So with Julio Jones out of the way in Atlanta, Russell Gage could be a sneaky guy to grab as a wide receiver, too, or a lower end wide receiver, too, with high upside, because we know how to get down in terms of passing um, with the Atlanta Falcons. Another guy, another guy who's probably going to be on the nose is Kyle Pitts. You know, they drafted him fourth overall. He's going to see a lot of work. Um, It would be a shock if he didn't when you took a tight end that high in the draft and then not use them. So that's Kyle Pitts is going to be one of those shoe ins for targets. But another guy who I think comes back to fantasy relevance is Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst was basically, he was basically left for dead once Kyle Pitts was drafted because Julio hadn't been traded yet. So you have Kyle Pitts, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley pre-trade, Hayden Hurst didn't fit anywhere in that in that combo. But with Julio out of the way, Pitts still being a rookie, and the fact that Hayden Hurst averaged five targets or almost six targets a game last season, that's he's got an opportunity to get back in the saddle and be fantasy relevant. Now, can he produce more with that kind of work or maybe a little bit more, maybe some 
targets trickle down and get him give him a little bit of a boost. But he's dirt cheap right now in fantasy. Dirt cheap. You don't have to go reach. If you don't feel like going to reach for Kyle Pitts, you don't feel like going to reach for Calvin Ridley. You can definitely get Hayden Hurst later on in the draft, maybe even undrafted in redraft. And you have a guy who's set to get a lot of work in an offense that doesn't have Julio Jones looming over it anymore. Now, I'm not saying Calvin really is not going to be the dude. He's definitely going to be the dude. But there's a lot more. There's going to be a lot more involvement in the offense with the other guys. So make sure you keep your eye on the Falcons pass catchers. Those are going to be some of the some of the prime pieces that you can get on a low or that you can get it a little bit cheaper and be fine with. Now let's head into the stock down. My first guy, I've made no qualms about this one at all. Carolina Panthers wide receiver DJ Moore trending down. I'm fading him outright, but DJ Moore is a talented wide receiver. I'm not going to say that he's not, but the situation that he's in has not been great. The Carolina Panthers passing attack has not been great. Um, It's been, I I would say average, you know, kind of running the mill in the mid pack in, in terms of looking at all of the passing attacks around the league. Then you downgrade from Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold. Now I've been trying to give Sam Darnold the benefit of the doubt because he's coming away from Adam Gase. Adam Gase sucked. We all know that. But Sam Darnold hasn't done anything even to show you a glimpse of what he's capable of, even in a bad offense. So even if he goes to another team, are you willing to take that chance and hope that Sam Darnold turns it around? I can't take that. There's a lot of risk in fantasy. And then there's sometimes where you just have to say, you know what? This isn't worth it. And for me, Sam Darnold isn't worth it. He's a downgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. And Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater is average at best. If he's average and you're downgrading to Sam Darnold, what does that say about what your offense can do? Yeah, you're getting Christian McCaffrey back. He's going to get some dump off passes. His work may not be impacted that much. But the offense as a whole doesn't generate a lot of points. It doesn't. So you're you're hoping DJ Moore has an opportunity to get plenty of work to be that he's being drafted as like a low end wide receiver one, maybe a high end wide receiver two. But then you have to look at Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson. Those two were tight when they were with the jets. Now you bring in Sam Darnold and that familiarity between Robbie Anderson and Sam, Sam Darnold. That's a threat right there. That's a threat to higher, a higher target share. Robbie Anderson, he loves Sam Darnold. That's a threat to DJ Moore, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about it. So DJ Moore, he's a fave for me. I I I can't trust him, and it's a shame because it's not because he's not talented. It's because his system, the system that he's in, is not going to help him be better than what he is or what he's shown already, to me at least. You may feel different. You may like DJ Moore this year. Mm-mm, not me. Melvin Gordon is my next guy on my stock down. The Denver Broncos running back. Now, we talked about 
a little bit in our news segment about Javante Williams and what the perception is about him being able to come in and be the week one starter. It makes sense. Melvin Gordon is in his final year in Denver. He's got this is last year, his contract. Javante Williams was drafted pretty high in the second round. The Dolphins tried to get him, which prompted the the, uh, Denver Broncos to move up to get ahead of the Miami Dolphins to get him. And they've already done running back groups before tandem attacks. Philip Lindsay. Remember that guy? He's not there anymore. Javante Williams is the future in Denver. And he could take over the role sooner rather than later. You've already seen what Melvin Gordon can do. It wasn't much. Now you have a guy who's going to usurp his role or have an opportunity to do that. Javante Williams has, is a detriment to Melvin Gordon this year. They may run that, you know, oh, Melvin Gordon is still going to get carries. He's still going to get targets. But that share is going to go from 70-30, 60-40, 50-50. The other way is going to go right to Javante Williams, and I'm here for it. The Denver pass catchers, they're also on my stock now. And it's, like I said before, the same thing with DJ Moore. It's not that they don't have talent. They do have talent. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton is coming back from an ACL injury. KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, those guys are legit. Tim Patrick, we saw what he was was able to do last season. But Drew Locke isn't good. And it hurts to say that because I was on that bandwagon. <laughs> I was there for it. He that the year before, that five game stretch was legit. And then he just he between injuries and bad performing, he fell off. He turned in he literally turned into Carson Wentz. Like we joked about this on the podcast before. He turned into Carson Wentz of the AFC. Shout out to Mark, because that's your squad. <laughs> you got that bum behind Drew Locke over there. But it hurts to say that because there's so much talent in Denver. And they don't have a quarterback that can – yeah, they traded for Teddy Bridgewater. You could hope that Teddy Bridgewater, he's he's definitely a better quarterback than Drew Locke is. But is Teddy Bridgewater that guy you are hoping, you know, makes them strong, fantasy-relevant wide receivers? <sighs> Now, the rumors have been that, you know, the Denver Broncos could be in on Aaron Rodgers and they could make a trade for him. And that sounds good. But the likelihood of that happening is bar none. And me and me and Mark have gone back on back and forth on the podcast about it. You know, it it is a smart move by Denver if they can if they're able to pull Aaron Rodgers away from the Green Bay Packers and bring him in. No if ands, or buts about it. Aaron Rodgers can go anywhere and make that team legit. But Green Bay would be stupid to make that, to pull that trigger. They haven't signed uh, Devontae Adams yet. He's looking for a long-term deal. Do you think that he re-signs to Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers? And, I, you know, they can say stuff like, oh, well, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't impact my money, and you know Aaron Rodgers got his own business to handle. But best believe Devontae Adams knows that his bread is buttered better with Aaron Rodgers as opposed to any other quarterback 
in that system. And I'll go as far as to say is Jordan Love. We don't even know what he is right now, but at the age that Devontae Adams is, I believe he's uh, 28, 28, 27, 29, somewhere around there. Do you want to waste the rest of your prime years with an unknown quarterback? No, I wouldn't. That's me. I, I you know, I don't, I don't play wide receiver or nothing like that. I'm, I was more, I'm built like an offensive lineman. <laughs> that's, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> like I wouldn't know, but I'm just saying, like, just from a business standpoint, I wouldn't do it. But if Aaron Rodgers was to go to Denver, that would be a massive upgrade. Denver would probably shoot to one of the top teams to draft from, bona fide. If that trade were to happen, there still could be something with Deshaun Watson. We still don't know what they're going to do in terms of his case and all that stuff. Maybe Denver gets on in on that, and then we take the Denver Broncos pass catchers out of the stock down and move them to the stock up. But right now, with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater looming, stock down. Next up, San Francisco, the Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and Jamichael Hasty, the running back group for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, Raheem Mostert, he's in the final year of his deal. Jeff Wilson, he was slated as the number two running back on a team, but he's been he's been injured. He tore his meniscus. He's out for the next four to six months. And then you have Jamichael Hasty, who may not even make the team because of their free agency grab with uh, Wayne Gallman, the former New York Giants running back. They went out and drafted Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. Those two guys, especially Trey Sermon, they could be guys that are right around the corner in terms of being able to come in and take the job. Raheem Mostert has dealt with knee issues. He's been injured. He missed a lot of last year with knee uh, knee injuries. You already lost Jeff Wilson. Trey Sermon is another name that you might need to keep your eye on. That's going to come in and immediately get work. We know that they like to do rotations and all that good stuff. But if Trey Sermon gets on the field and he's able to outproduce Raheem Mostert, there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to leave Trey Sermon in and put Raheem Mostert on the back burner. You don't have to pay him. You already drafted his replacement. Elijah Mitchell is no slouch either. I would say, if anything, Elijah Mitchell is one of those guys who is more deadly in the passing game based on his numbers from college as opposed to Trey Sermon, who's your ground and pound guy, who's going to run dudes over, who's going to get those dirty yards. They, 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 in one draft, they've almost fixed their running back group. And then you can keep Wayne Gallman as a replacement, you know, just in case of emergency, you break that glass when one of them guys goes down. But you have your three running backs right there. Jermichael Hasty might not even make the team. By the time Wilson comes back, those guys, Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell, could be entrenched in the starting lineup, in the depth chart. Raheem Moster has to hang on to his job. And I think the last report I saw out of uh, San Francisco is that he's already hurt. In, a, in OTAs, in, tra- in minicamp. So, Raheem Mostert, man, sorry to do it to you, but you in my stock down list. And finally, I'm going to wrap this up with, come on, y'all, I sh- 
Y'all should have known this was coming. Andy Dalton. <laughs> Come on, man. Justin Fields. He's legit. Andy Dalton is what he is. I said this before earlier in the podcast. He is what he is at this point. He's a bona fide backup quarterback. The offense, and this is coming from a Cowboys fan. Let me let don't let me uh let y'all forget. Andy Dalton, when he came in for Dak Prescott, the offense didn't get better. It got worse. The numbers, everything from passing yards to uh points on points scored. The running attack even fell apart. And Zeke had his own issues to deal with. But before that, Zeke was averaging almost 72, 73 yards a game. And it dropped down to 60-something. That's crazy. You can't run the ball when you're down the whole game or a large part of the game and you're not throwing you the ball. Andy Dalton is what he is. And as much as Matt Nagy wants to sit here and, you know, try and save face with Andy Dalton and say, you know, he's our quarterback. Malarkey, you are in the hot seat. I don't care how you want to spin it. You and Ryan Pace, the GM for the Chicago Bears, you guys are on the hot seat. You went out and you got Mitchell Tabisky and it blew up in your face. Now you have an opportunity to more than likely save your job. And you're not going to do it because you want to be stonewalled and entrenched in Andy Dalton, who's on a one year, $10 million deal. Get out of here. I'm not. If I'm not buying it, I'm pretty sure people that are smarter than me who watch football know that that's BS. I'm just saying, like, come on, we see the forest before the trees. Or how that how is that, however that saying goes, <laughs> I'm not sure, but it goes something like that. Like, come on, man, we not dumb. You drafted Justin Fields for a reason. We get it. You have to prompt up Andy Dalton. You know, you went out and got him first in free agency. He's gonna be. You want to stand by him? I totally get it. But let's not kid ourselves. Justin Fields is the future. That's why you drafted him in the first round. You knew you needed quarterback help, and you knew Andy Dalton ain't it. So let's not kid ourselves. But that's my that's it for this episode. The stock up, stock down. Now, before we close out the episode, we did have our giveaway, our first finest jersey giveaway. We actually have a winner, and is Dre Driven eighty three on Twitter. He's the winner of our first. Color Rush NFL.com jersey giveaway. Shout out to him for winning the winning the uh the jersey. Um really appreciate everybody who participated in trying to get in on the giveaway. Really appreciate it. Um we want to say thank you to everyone who's been uh following us on social media and engaging and all that good stuff. We really appreciate you guys uh being a part of this and it's been fun so far. Being able to talk to you guys about fantasy football, um, doing our giveaways. We definitely want to do some more stuff in the future um, to, you know, continue to engage with people who have been listening to the podcast, reading our reading our articles on the fantasyfinders.com and just, you know, overall showing us love. I know I say this, you know, I probably say it a little too often, but it's just a way to be able to show appreciation to people who are really uh, taking time out to um listen to us rant and rave about fantasy football and you know we're not household names yet but you're giving us a chance and we see it 
and we always just want to say thank you and show that we're appreciative to you know those who are are willing to give us a chance hit those clicks follow us and um you know just engage with us whenever we're on social media um whether we talking crap with football or you know trolling or anything like that we really appreciate it so let's wrap this up it's time to close it down y'all be safe and see y'all next episode for listening to the fantasy's finest podcast be sure to join the community on facebook and follow us on twitter too at the fantasy's finest see you next episode